We're back with another edition of the Tee to Green podcast. Brian Colziel here with PGA Pro Jeff Metis. And we're talking about the President's Cup, the United States pulling out a win over the international team, a very close one, 16-14, to 14, ended up being the final. Tiger Woods captain the U.S. team, Ernie Els captain the international team, and for a long time it looked like the internationals were going to pull it, pull it out, but the U.S. came through with the singles day performance, and uh, Tiger Woods a big part of it, 3-0, and so we'll kind of start there. Jeff, Tiger continues a year that maybe none of us could have predicted. He wins the Masters, he gets win number 82, he goes to the President's Cup, a team competition where he hasn't maybe been the best uh, in his career. Not only does he thrive on the course playing great golf, going 3-0, and but he figures out a way to lead a squad, too, by being the captain to a win. Yeah, I, 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 once again, he breaks boundaries, doesn't he? He's a he's an impressive guy. His game, he's matured, too. He's definitely changed his persona as who he used to be, this steely competitor, and now he's... He's buddies and shaking hands and joking and laughing with everybody and played great. His iron play was unbelievable all week. And that golf course, oh, that golf course was beautiful and it was it, it was great to watch. But Tiger, I, I think he's on to bigger and better things. He seems to have found a really nice spot in his game. He's older, he's more mature. Maybe he's found a way to practice and and compete at a, at a pace that he can keep up with at his age and, and still be one of the top players in the world. And the golf was exciting. Lots of drama. Everything it was it was uh, drummed up to be, and then some. It was it was it was a lot a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it looked like a total mismatch. It looked like some of the other Presidents Cups that we've had in the past, where the U.S. rolls. Uh, so Ernie Yells gets a ton of credit. He used a lot of analytics and and studying who would work well together with each other. He basically told most of his rookie players, this is how you're going to play this course, because he's got the course record, so he knows it really well. I'm sure he wasn't telling Adam Scott that, who's played that course quite a bit, but a lot of the rookies and a lot of the guys um, that hadn't played it before weren't familiar with it. He obviously got along a a strong message. Uh, But back to what you said about Tiger, um, I mean, the the two phases of his week, his play... I mean, he was the most accurate player off the tee for the U.S. side. I mean, even in his heyday, he wasn't what you'd say the most accurate, and he was so accurate. His short game and his irons are so precise, and now he's putting so smoothly, and it's it's like the old Tiger from the early 2000s where he was the best putter in the world. What is he, top five in the world right now in the rankings? Is he number five in the world still? And he's, he's, he's Tiger. He just keeps I, – I called – I had him down for the count – Two, three times, four, five, six years ago. I mean, every time I thought he was down, he just keeps coming back and he plays great and he's still one of the most elite players in the world, which is amazing. And he he comported himself well. The team handled themselves. It was it was a great week of golf and, and a great showcase for the game. It, you know, it was on prime time and and the golf course was a great showcase. And other than the Patrick Reed stuff, it was a it was a great week for golf. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Reed here in a second, but. Uh, how about Woods on the non-golf side? Uh, he, in his career, and and he, I think, would thrive on this, but he was always noted for uh, blinders on. I am not going to let my guard down to anybody. I am here for one thing and one thing only, that is to win and that is to beat you and anybody else that looks at me, and I'm not even going to look at you. And now, uh, this Tiger now coming back, I think he's obviously appreciative that he's getting now another chance to play the golf, the game that he loves so much. But now the in, embracing, I mean, he was very emotional after they had won. I mean, who would have thought that Tiger Woods would be hugging and crying 
with fellow Americans that he spends the rest of the year trying to beat, we never would have thought that would have happened. And it's such a change in personality for him. And I think the only time you saw it was maybe during the singles round with that answer. Yeah. Yeah. He, that was all business. Hey, shake hands on the first tee and go. And that's how Tiger was forever. And as he's matured, I think he's starting to see the enjoyment in the game and enjoying spending the times. And I think when you're away from the game, just like any other game, that's what you miss. You miss being with your buds. You miss the jokes in the locker room. You miss all that stuff. And he appreciates that. And he's one of the best players in the world still. So, you know, they have yeah. a lot of respect and mad props to him, as they say. Uh, but and coaching, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. You know, I, it's, it's hard. I'd love to see. I'd love to talk to Ernie Els what kind of software he used. You know, you can look <laughs> at data. You can look at numbers. But golf's such a, a nebulous game to try to get your, your mind around. All of a sudden, you're hitting it right, or all of a sudden, you're hitting it left. And today, I'm driving it great, and today, I wasn't putting well. How do you put two guys that are different types and play different games and, and think that data of putting them together will help? I, I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure he thinks there is something. But to me, it seems mostly like a gut thing or guys who like to play together. and um, Or maybe you know who you're putting out first and who you're putting out last may matter. But I, I, I'd be interested in what analytics he was looking at to try to make those decisions. Yeah, and for, for many maybe Americans watching, you might even have called some of these internationals no-names, but you've got Pan and Im and An and Answer and Hadwin and, and guys like that that just, for their respective countries, they're the guy. But when it comes to PGA Tour, they're lesser-known names, and that's why on paper it looked like a mismatch. But boy, they, they played their best. In the team competition, they definitely were better. The singles competition is obviously where the U.S. took it to them on that final day and got it done including Tiger leading it off uh, with him beating Abraham Anser out of Mexico. So ultimately, in the end, when it's singles, that's more just talent versus talent. It's right. not team competition-oriented. Maybe that's why, again, why it, it turned the way it did, that the U.S. was able to get it done. But uh, we know the President's Cup is kind of always at the, at the moment. It's going to be second build behind the Ryder Cup. We just know that's the way it is. Um, but hopefully this year, this how close it was, how, it, how dramatic it was, uh, maybe it'll add a little bit more luster to the President's Cup in future years to come. Well, I think the, the reviews were all positive. It's been a good year for the reviews of the golf courses and, and the events that we've had this year. I think the reviews were all positive. I don't know if primetime was good for ratings or bad, or if it was only on the Golf Channel. It was hard because, you know, NBC showed it on delay. So if you were watching on NBC, you already knew what happened. But I do think it was good for golf. I do. I think Patrick Reed was not good for golf that week. And how do you predict that when you're you're a captain picking him before all that had happened? But um, it was a great event. I, it's always going to be second fiddle to the Ryder Cup, I believe, just because of the the history and the yeah. and the pub that goes with the the Ryder Cup. It's a great. It is a great event. When it's overseas like that, I think we might lose a little bit of it because we lose the TV ratings and the American audience. I mean, we're American-centric here, so yeah. it's hard for us. But, um, you know, in two years when it's back in the United States, hey, let's hope it's, it's as exciting as it was this time. Yep, and it is at uh, Quell Hollow in two years, in 2021. Of course, the Ryder Cup is next calendar year. That'll be at Whistling Straits. And uh, we're going to talk about Patrick Reed here, but I just, I'm looking ahead thinking the U.S., when they won at Hazeltine, it was a course that they could bomb it all over the place mm-hmm. and go at pins, and if they made mistakes, get away with it. And then they always seem to lose at the European courses where it's tight, you can't make mistakes, the Europeans are so precise. 
Whistling Straits seems like a course where there's trouble every 10 minutes uh, or every 10 feet. Like, I don't know if this is going to be the wisest move in terms of uh, the Americans having a home course advantage. You know, and I don't know how much I buy into that. These guys are all great golfers, and there's a transition. You know, um, after a couple of days playing on a golf course, you kind of adjust your game, whether it's one of those bump and run or a soft, wet course. Or even you take a place like St. Andrews that's on the ground, but you catch a wet week and it's a different game. I think the comfort factors of being at home and having your home crowd and, and you know, they get amped up for it. It's a, it's a week where we play in the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup. Well, the guys in the Ryder Cup only play every, every other year. So yeah. we have something every year. So maybe it's a little harder for our guys to get up for it, where it's a little easier for the, uh, the internationals and the, uh, and the European teams to get up for an event like that. That's right. So next year's Whistling Straits, the Ryder Cup. Steve Stricker is captaining the U.S. side, Patrick Harrington, uh, the European side. Let's finish with Patrick Reed. Uh, two weeks ago at the Hero event, uh, Tigers event in the Bahamas, uh, he's competing, playing well, looking like, Tiger made a good selection with the captain's pick. Plus, Reed, we know he's a fiery competitor. The U.S. side sometimes lacks a little bit of that, so could understand the pick. Uh, even Reed, who people would say maybe is unlikable, he and Tiger seem to get along, so it, it checked a lot of boxes. Uh, then, during one of the rounds, he gets into a bunker and seems to, on purpose, drag the club back, not only once, but twice. A camera caught it. And eventually he was called in about it, eventually assessed a penalty. But Reed's explanation of essentially not owning up to it, maybe, in terms of how he went about it, uh, led to the controversy, led to the story kind of carrying over into Australia, into the President's Cup. And then it led to not only being at a story all week, it led to his own teammates kind of jibbing at him a little bit. And then the Australian crowd got on him. And then at some point it got so bad that his caddy got into an altercation with fans. His caddy gets suspended. Reed himself had a terrible week. He was over three in the team competition. He ended up winning in the singles finally. But uh, he labels himself Captain America. There's a lot of ego involved. He's had an interesting life growing up with his family. There's a lot of layers to this right now. But Reed underperformed. He's got the, did he cheat, did he not cheat? Is he owning up to it, is he not? I mean, his caddy's getting into a fight. This is not good for Patrick Reed's image if you look at just overall all the things that went on in the last two weeks. And I got to think his uh, teammates lost a lot of respect for him. Whether they said it or not, they lost a lot of respect. That's blatant cheating. There's no way a player, I would know if I did that, and the first person that's supposed to call it is me if I made that mistake. And for him to have to have the, the TV people call him in to call that penalty on him, it's very, very disappointing, and I guarantee... He did it twice, too. I know, and, <laughs> I mean, I, and I, It wasn't even just once. It was twice. That, that obviously meant he was doing... And, and, is that, <laughs> and how many times before you get caught? What's that old saying? Yeah. And, you know, how many times has he done it? Uh, that, that was terribly, terribly blatant, and I can't believe that there's a lot of glimmer. You know, you may be buddies with a guy, but when you see something like that, it kind of it turns, uh, turns inside a worm on you, how, how you might perceive that person in the future, and I guarantee a lot of people lost a lot of respect, plus how he handled it afterwards. Right. You know, there's a, there's a way to handle it when you make a mistake, and there's a way not to handle it, and uh, he did not handle that very well. To just, to just after the camera evidence was so obvious... Mm-hmm. To just not own up to it and try to apologize and try to move on. And the fact that he kind of ran with it. And then, as the crowd were getting on him, he's doing motions of shoveling himself as if, like, he's making more of a a joke of it himself. I mean, I I would think there's there's one thing in the golf community, and I think that we would all agree. I mean, you've worked in the industry your whole life. 
But I know it too, just being a guy that loves to play golf and talk about golf, um, no matter how good or how bad you are, no matter where you play, no matter what you do, the one thing that everyone doesn't like is a cheater at golf. Right. And Whether it's your handicap or right. anything. Right. And people are going to associate that right away. People might have hated Reed because of how he's treated people, his family, other golfers. They might have hated Reed because he likes to put on kind of a show. Some people will say, well, it's not sportsmanlike or what." But I think a lot of people could say, well, that's up for debate. When you're blatantly cheating, doing it twice, and then trying to spin it like you really didn't, I just it's a terrible look for him. It's a terrible look, and he's if he hasn't lost sponsors, he's not going to get a lot of new ones because yeah. of this. And uh, it's a bad look for him. And he put his teammates in an awkward spot, you know, having to be paired with them or, or anything like that. You're putting, you know, now he's on your team, so you're supposed to root for him when a lot of guys probably aren't rooting for him anymore because of that. I mean, that's... Yeah, he's 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 forever branded a cheater. Now. Yeah, and that's golf. He, you know, it doesn't it doesn't create character; it reveals character. Good point. Also, his caddy, his obviously his caddy. I'm sure if he could do the uh, play out the situation again with the interaction with the fans, he might have chose differently. However, the caddy is hearing three days plus of the crowd getting all over Patrick Reed. You said he's putting his teammates in a tough spot. He's putting Tiger in a tough spot. He also put his caddy in a spot. The caddy's job is to try to do whatever he can to help out Patrick right. Reed. He probably felt like enough was enough, and he probably wanted to defend Patrick because that's what the caddy's job is to do, whether that was right or wrong. Now you've got your caddy involved, and the caddy gets suspended for having to deal with fans heckling Reed. Well, you're playing bad. You just got caught cheating, and everywhere you go, you're getting called out on being uh, not such a good person. Yeah. And, you know, your caddy, that's your lifeblood there, the guy you're carrying the bag for. And he's probably just as frustrated, A, because they're losing, B, because of everything that's going on. The caddy's frustrated, too. And if someone approaches you like that, you know, it's a visceral reaction. It's not the right reaction. And even how he handled it, his... His post-incident statement was less than uh, well-crafted, let's put it that way. So the whole thing, it seems very tone-deaf to me. Um, it seems like someone, like someone, if he had a uh, an agent or something, should have been pulling him aside and giving him better advice how to handle it. And the thing was uh, not handled well. Uh, yeah, the only phrase I can think of is very, very, very tone-deaf. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's let's put a wrap here on this final thing now. We're pretty much now done with 2019 golf. Mm-hmm. You think about... Tiger winning at the Masters, Brooks Kepka's domination again through the year. Uh, we mentioned the President's Cup, the FedEx Cup playoffs. Rory McIlroy ends up winning it. He gets Player of the Year. The first time the PGA Championship is in May, uh, the calendar switch. How are you going to remember golf 2019 on the professional side? Uh, I think I'm going to remember the calendar switch, and I'm going to remember Brooks Kepka. He had a great year. I'm going to remember Tiger. Tiger winning the Masters. I'm, you know, President's Cup captain, playing great, getting back in the top of the world. Um, and I'm going to remember. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of depth and a lot of talent in golf. And uh, it was it was it was a fun year for golf. It was a fun year for to watch the majors, and it's got me excited about next year. Yeah, Tiger's in the mix again. So it's 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 even more. It's it made me want to look forward to 2020 more than I actually thought I would at this time of the year. Yeah, my moment. If I can like picture a moment, it's Tiger embracing his kid on the 18th mm-hmm. at Augusta, just like it happened back in 97 with Tiger and his own dad. Like, if I was going to pick an image, I think that's the one. Yeah, I mean, he's back. He's the number one moving the guy that moves the sports needle still in the world, probably, even beyond golf. 
and uh, Tiger will be involved. Kepka's domination, we'll see if that can continue. He had an injury. Yep. Yeah. It's and, tough to come back. And, and the depth is correct. There's so many big names that any week can go out and dominate, whether it's Dustin Johnson or D- Justin Thomas, uh, Rory McIlroy. I mean, the list goes on. Sanders Justin Rose. I mean, yeah. The, the list goes on and on. And uh, it's a Ryder Cup year. And, you know, we've got the, uh, the, the uh, tournament starting in Hawaii right away in January. They'll be on the West Coast before we know it, and then it'll be players in March, and then as we go, one major each month, the Masters in April, the PGA is now in May, and we're off and running. So yep. uh, it'll be a good time. Uh, Jeff, thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a Happy great New 2020. Year. Happy New Year to you, too. That's right. Yeah, it'll to, be fun. To all of uh, you who listen to Tita Green all year long, Happy holidays. Tita Green wishes you a great new year. And, of course, continue to follow us on Twitter at PGA at Brian WGR, at Kev Sylvester. And for Kevin, Jeff, and I, thanks for listening to Tita Green all year. And more to come 2020. We'll talk to you soon.